We're talking Defensive Player of the Year candidates. We're talking quarterbacks so far in the two weeks of action that we have had for the NFL. I'm joined by Big B, Brian Hanley. We go down a man on today's episode of Outside the Trenches. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches. Shout out to everybody joining us live at the time that we are recording this podcast. As always, you guys can join us live at 9 p.m. Central Standard, Central Daylight Time currently. I'm a stickler about that for some reason, Big B. I don't know if you know that about me. I like to make sure I got my times right. Uh, 9, 9 p.m., we hanging out here. I'm with Big B, Brian Hanley. As I mentioned, down a man, Nick Lecky, not with us this week. Big B, how are you? It's all right. I'm good, man. I am good. Football is in full swing, so let, let's not talk about college football today. Somebody requested, actually, I saw no more college football, and I couldn't agree more. No more college football. Well, that's interesting right because I saw someone request uh, <laughs> that they couldn't wait for my victory lap. As uh, Listen, going into that game, I was fairly pessimistic. I guess we should give some backstory. Uh, Big B and both Nick went and played at Kansas State. I did not play for the University of Missouri. I'm just a Missouri fan, um, but... Great. It was it was a great game. It got a little sloppy there towards the end. Uh, yeah. Both teams making some kind of boneheaded decisions, coaching wise, gameplay wise. Uh, there were penalties on both ends of of the yeah. uh, of the teams. That kind of uh, that, that game was it was a very good game to watch uh, from start to finish. Sixty one yard field goal, walk off field goal to win it. Um, but Big B, I guess we'll start that. What are you, what are your thoughts on on that game? I mean, it was painful. The reason it was painful for me is because the offensive line for K-State oh. played lousy. I mean, you know, so if if they play a little bit better, first of all, you get the ball three minutes to go or two minutes to go, whatever, they could have ended the game, and they didn't. And that's disheartening for that not to happen. And that's supposed to be one of the strengths of our team. But, you know, you got to give Missouri credit. You got to give them credit, even with the bonehead delay game penalty at the end. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that before in no. all my years of watching football. Give them credit. The kid make it made a kick. Um, give credit to Missouri, man. They won it. They did. Uh, they tried to give it away. Uh, neither team. It got to a point there for a little bit. You know, in those games, it looks like both teams are trying to lose it. Um, it got yeah. for, to a point there for a little bit. I mean, even Kansas State took a delay game penalty. That was like, what? What? What's going on? Yes. Um, and Missouri returned the yards. They returned the favor. Uh, Eli Drink was probably would have been um, his job would have been a larger talking point if they go into overtime and they don't win that game. And he does take that delay game. Well, listen, I heard somebody say, and we talked about this on the Mizzou podcast too. I don't know if you guys don't want to hear us talk about that. Just, I guess, if you want to hear me talk about more of it, you can check out the Mizzou podcast. Uh, but somebody said that, like, hey, that sixty-one yard field goal is a lot less pressure than a than a maybe a, a 54, 56 yard. Right, that's a lot less pressure on a kid as as a kid who's been around a kicker who's been around for a minute who makes fifty yarders on the regular. You right. see that six in front of it, you're like, ah, sixty one is that. Uh, so like the pressure is a lot less. But Big B, let's move on from that. Let's not talk about that because yeah, we've let's got, move on. Let's move on. <laughs> we've we, we've got uh, two weeks of NFL action under our belt. We're going into the third week of NFL action. Uh, and I started to write that down this week, and I was like, week three game against the uh, Chicago Bears for the Kansas City Chiefs. I was like, wow, this is week three already. All right. uh, we're already rocking and rolling in, in this in this season. Uh, and and as we do, per tradition on the Outside the Trenches podcast, I text you guys, I text a group message. I said, Big B, what do you want to talk about today? So uh, tell the folks, what are, what are we talking, what are we leading the show off with here? Man, my thing was the bad quarterback play that's been going on in the NFL. Usually, early in the season, man, the, the offenses usually take the lead and the defenses are playing catch-up all year. But it has been the opposite. And, you know, we've been saying over the last five, six, seven years about, man, quarterback play's been going down, it's been lousy, it's been this and that. And here we are. And the quarterback play, I mean, even from guys that you think are supposed to be really, really good, yeah. has been loud, not just 
average or bad. It's been lousy. And I just don't understand it. It's almost like there's not enough practice time, which, look, I mean, the players collectively bargain that, and this is what you get when you don't have enough practice time. Um, but, yeah, the quarterback play and the offenses have taken a step back. Uh, and and now you can say that defenses are better. That's not it. I, I watch the all 22 of a lot of football games, pro football games. Quarterback plays bad. It, all around the league, it's not good. It's not good. And I find that really, Big B, you mentioned that, and, and kind of it leads me into like what we're going to talk about later and what I did eventually title the show around is some defensive player of the year conversation, Chris Jones being one of those guys leading that because a point that you brought up that, you know, we as, as Chiefs fans especially have really talked about is how um, defenses traditionally start slow in terms of like the start of the year. It's kind of funny when you go to like training camp and you, you see all these clips coming out of training camp, right? And uh, you can always say, like, oh, the defense looked really good there. If something doesn't click on the offensive side of the ball and if something didn't look on good on the defensive side of the ball, you can say, oh, the offense looked really good. Um, but traditionally when we see when we see Steve Spagnuolo defenses specifically and just defenses in general, they, they, they seem to start slow and, like, you don't really want to pay attention to defenses till like, Halloween, right? Uh, not all the Kings figured out. Uh, I think that's uh, Nate Taylor uh, for the Athletic has kind of said, don't pay attention to Steve Spagnuolo defense until Halloween, and, and that's usually shown to be the case, but defense is the strongest unit right now for uh, yeah. Chiefs. And it's the strongest unit when you look a lot of places uh, in the National Football League, uh, maybe even to bring it up to the Steelers game. I was watching the Steelers game. The defense won them that football game. The, def- the, the touchdown by, by T.J. Watt yep. won them that football game. And that was a very defensive struggle. I mean, Deshaun Watson played terrible. Can you pick it up a little bit better? Uh nope. They it was it was not a very good quarterback day on Monday at all because if even if you talk about Derek Carr, yeah, they won that game. He threw I think maybe a touchdown, maybe two touchdowns. It wasn't good though. Didn't look good. Um, it, it it was it was tough. Bryce Young is is struggling. Um, I think he led a touchdown drive in the very end there, kind of in garbage time when they were running prevent defense, basically giving them the sidelines and everything. Uh, but there was one play that I saw Bryce Young run and he had to like jump to get it over his offensive lineman to throw it. Um, but you're right, especially on obviously the last couple games stick out in my mind a little bit fresher just because we watched it last, but not good quarterback play at all. And I've been just like, I don't know what the right word is about Deshaun Watson. I think I've been shocked kind of to see just how bad he's been. Like, he was a good football player, obviously. Um, and I think every time you talk about him, you have to talk about, the stuff that that goes around him, and obviously mm-hmm. them, uh, what he did, I guess it's not not okay. Obviously, and what the Browns did was not good at all to giving all that money guaranteed. But it just feels kind of good to see him not play well. I, I know that that seems kind of weird, but like to see that decision blow up in the Browns' face. If I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm so stoked about that. Like I, I am, I am just pleased with how that's going for them. Well, I mean, the thing about Deshaun Watson, you know, and I kind of broke it down a little bit, and his thing is, is that they brought him into a system that doesn't suit him. Yeah, You know, that that's not a system that suits his skill set. However, now they're trying to bring elements of what he did do well into a system that's already been successful in Cleveland. So I'm just, I, it doesn't work. I'm like, look, if you're going to run and, and and rely on the run, then just rely on the run and tell Deshaun Watson, you got to fit in where you get in. And it is what it is. But if you're trying to also bring other elements, now you've got him thinking versus yeah. just going out there and playing because we've never seen Deshaun Watson so inaccurate. You've never seen him double clutching, which means he's unsure of himself, doesn't trust what he sees, uh, doesn't just take off to go get plays. He It's just... His play has been awful, um, and he just doesn't trust any of it. Um, you know, and, and you're right. Baker Mayfield is outplaying him to this yes. point. Now, they've played two good defenses, and Baker has it, but it doesn't matter. He is outplaying him to this point, and it is just, I don't know. Deshaun, I, and I had a guy that, that breaks down quarterbacks for a living. That's what he does. I was on his podcast earlier this week, um, and he just said, yeah, it looks like Deshaun's lost it. Mm-hmm. And he's almost it's almost like he's got the yips. Uh, and I don't know that he can get it back unless they change the entire offense around and, and make it around him like they did in Houston. 
Otherwise, he doesn't see him getting it back. And I'm like, I look at that and I'm like, yeah, man, because he looks bad. Yeah. And I mean, he looks bad. Like we're talking Mitch Trubisky levels. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We're talking. We're talking. I mean, it, it doesn't look good. And kind of speaking of Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, Justin Fields, a guy that a lot of people were very high on at the end of the year. He's worse. He's yes, he has not looked good at all this year. Uh, I was on a post game show and I said that he's bad. Like I'm, I, I, I've been fairly apologetic, I guess, for for Justin Fields saying like, oh, maybe the system isn't right. Maybe he needs to get some guys around him. They kind of fix both of those things. Um, I guess you could say hasn't really clicked for him. And I know he came out. Uh, we we're recording this on Wednesday, Wednesday morning you know, during his press conference. He said some stuff and he was very honest about it and people kind of took his honesty as bashing the coaching staff and he was just saying like hey sometimes I just got too much going on in the noggin sometimes I'm hearing too many voices and you can see that I think I think when you look back some of the plays like you can see that he's just trying to and I think the word he used was robotic he does seem a little robotic in the in the pocket and everything but you got to make that dude be an athlete because that's what got him there right like he, he was an athlete he he made those decisions he made those choices to bring the ball down and run it. That's what makes him so good. Um, and there's so much about the Chicago Bears that we can uh, we can unpack, and uh, may- maybe we should unpack it before we get to like the defensive talk because I do think that the Chicago Bears, as they come to Kansas City, um, have endured just a baffling 48 <laughs> hours probably yeah. um, in terms of that. They've got uh, injuries galore. They cut Nathan Peterman. And that's yep. when you know things are bad. Uh, <laughs> when he cut Nathan Peterman. Uh, they placed their left tackle on on the uh, IR. They no longer have a defensive coordinator as he stepped away. He took a leave, uh, I believe, at the last week, and he stepped away this week. Rumors of FBI raiding his out. Don't really want to get into all that stuff. Right. Uh, kind of want to stick to it on the field. But on the field, they just seem like a mess. Uh, when you yeah. just look at the Chicago Bears and their defense was supposed to be better, it hasn't been. Justin Fields was supposed to be better. He hasn't been. Um that organization now, as they face this turmoil, a lot of turmoil in these 48 hours, now have to travel to Kansas City and face the defending champions in the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that cannot be easy, I imagine. Well, here's the thing, and a lot of people aren't saying this, but a lot of people around Chicago actually are saying this. The Bears organization is a disaster, mm. and the Bears need their organization to be sold. That's what needs to happen is or and now this is really tough to say. And but I heard this from a a diehard Bears fan and he lives in Chicago and he talks about it all the time. He says somebody either they either need to sell it or somebody has to die. And the kids say, I don't want anything to do with it anymore. And they hire somebody to come in and run the football organization the way that needs to be, because the Bears are run horribly. They're, they're not a well-run organization, and that's the problem. I was like, oh, just turnover after turnover, and it's the Chicago Bears. They should be better. The NFL is better when the Bears are good, but how long has it been? I mean, the, since the Bears have just been, hey, man, the Bears are dangerous. I mean, and, and I don't know when the last time anybody literally said that. Man, you got to watch out for the Bears. They're really good. It's been forever. And the problem is their organization is just run poorly. They draft poorly. They don't sign big money free agents. They just don't do these things, and they're not good. They're just not good. And you just look at their team this year. I mean, that defense is terrible. I mean, we talk about Justin Fields in the offense, and it's bad. Don't get me wrong. It's bad. The defense is worse. So it just, I don't know, not a lot of good things going for them. Obviously, the Chiefs shouldn't underestimate them. You know, because it, it's, again, everybody's a professional. Any given Sunday, I know that's a cliche, but, you know, it can happen. But I think this one gets away. If the Chiefs come to play, this one gets away, and it gets away early. I agree. It's, uh, this is, <laughs> this is uh, as a Chiefs fan, this game has the recipe for to be like a 17 to, like, 13 game. Like, a game that the, that the Bears have no business of being in. Right, but they are, and we've seen the Chiefs traditionally play. I will say this in air quotes because I don't necessarily think it's true, but play down to their competition. 
uh, especially in the couple of the Super Bowl years when they were when they were making their runs there. They were just scooting by. They were winning these games. No matter who it was, they were winning it close. Uh, Patrick Mahomes says he's because he, he he's good at TV. He wants to make it good for TV. Sure, and and sure, I'll I'll allow that, I guess. But I really want to see the Chiefs go out there and just kind of wipe the floor. I want to see them kind of yeah. flex the muscle here because we got to see the offense get back on the right track. Yeah, uh, kind of as you mentioned to bring it back to quarterback play. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a quiet three hundred and I believe five yard passing day. I got the stats up right here. Yep. I think it was three oh five. Two touchdowns. I think the interception makes you feel a little bit worse about his day. Uh, interesting when I was looking up the quarterback stats, I was like, you know who another quarterback that hasn't played very good is Joe Burrow. And obviously this being yeah. a Chiefs podcast, I mean, we got to take jabs at Joe Burrow. When we can. Sure. It's, just, it's just, it's part of the rivalry, right? Uh, Joe Burrow has 304 passing yards on the season. Uh, his 82 yards against the Browns obviously did not help. 222 last week against the Ravens. Patrick Mahomes last week against the Jaguars at 305. Um, so one more yard and one game than uh, Joe Burrow has on the whole season. Well, Joe Burrow's is also a little misleading because he had 100 yards going into the fourth quarter of that game last week. He was playing again, awful again. That's true. He was. <laughs> and I do love the uh, the narrative around like the 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 Bengals and. Uh, the the war that that Chiefs Twitter and Bengals Twitter have with each other, uh, Bigby, I don't know if you see it very often. I do, I do. I'm I'm here for it. I love it. There is a lot of spice uh, when it comes to just like a Bengals person will make a tweet saying like, "Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow almost won that game on one leg," and the Chiefs right. will respond, "Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl on one leg." Uh, so it's just like it's a little bit of uh, fun jabs back and forth. But Bigby, we got to take a break. Uh, we got to take a break. Got to pay some bills. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm seeing some love for the Joe Burrow hate in the chat, so I appreciate everybody watching us <laughs> live. Appreciate you, I appreciate you guys listening to it after the fact, too. I appreciate everyone who listens to the Outside the Trenches podcast. Got to give a shout out to our folks at Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. Good stuff. Uh, we're getting into that time where uh, I've been drinking a lot of cold brew recently. I've been dabbling in the cold brew game. Um, I haven't wasn't a very big iced coffee guy because I'd always, you know, 
and I always thought that like coffee should be warm. So when I drink cold coffee, I feel it didn't feel right for the longest time. Get into that a little bit, usually during the summers. And once it gets a little bit cooler, I'll get into the uh, to the warmer coffees. But splashing a little bit of that Five Farms ice cream into a into a hot chocolate, delicious. Into a coffee, delicious. Uh, so make sure you guys go check that out. But Big B, let's talk about some defense because defense in Kansas City, we've been talking about a lot of defense. Chiefs yeah. defense has been doing a lot of work, a lot of heavy lifting for them. Uh, but as I mentioned at the top, your Steelers. They got themselves a good, good, good defense as well. Lots of good defenses this year. And I want to talk about defensive player of the year candidates because I think Steelers got themselves a candidate, obviously, as uh, T.J. Watt broke the record, broke the franchise record in sacks uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which floored by that stat, by the way. (laughs) Um, That is insane. Uh, Micah Parsons, they've got ourselves a dude. He's a dude. Uh, but I want to know your thoughts on the defensive player of the year uh, conversation. And, and let's throw some names out there. I know it's week two. I know it's early. But sure. this is what we got to do. We got to have this conversation because there's been some guys really performing well. I mean, T.J. Watt obviously is is a guy. Micah Parsons, I think, is maybe leading the charge just because the— Now, granted, the Cowboys haven't played an offense that's worth anything. Yeah. Uh, but Micah Parsons is leading the charge on that. Um like, look, Chris Jones, after missing one week, it didn't look like he missed a week at all, came back and dominated the football game. I mean, so he is right there on the list after missing one game. He's literally in the mix already. Um, now, you could throw some cornerbacks out there, I guess. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I, I'm never a guy, and look, I'm biased. You can say call me whatever you want, but you got to make some tackles. Uh, you got to disrupt a football game. Mm-hmm. So, and then that's my idea of defensive player of the year. Those three right there um, are the first that come to mind. Some people tried to throw Miles Garrett in. I mean, he had one tackle for a loss or one tackle and six pressures against the Steelers. And the Steelers offense is literally the worst in the NFL. So don't talk to me about how good Miles Garrett is. I, I mean, I'm not saying he's good or not good, but defensive player of the year you got to be able to do better than that against the worst offensive line in the league. So I don't want to hear that. Um, but, yeah, those those would be my guys right now. Those would be my guys right now. I'm looking up right now. I'm kind of curious to what our friends at DraftKings have uh, in terms of just uh, futures on uh, those awards. Oh, there, it's awards right there. Uh, while that loads, I mean, I think you've I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head when it comes to those guys. I mean, Micah Parsons is a freak. Man, I mean, he's he's insane. Um, and, and I, I, every time he plays a football game, I want to watch it. Yep. He's getting he's getting to that stratosphere of must see TV, whatever, whenever he plays. Uh, just because you don't know what he's gonna do, I almost feel that way. It got to that way with like with like JJ Watt, right? Remember that one year where he had like uh he like he was scoring in every which way possible. There's like four straight games he had a touchdown or something like that, and you're just like, I yep. want to see this guy play. That's kind of the way that Micah Parsons is getting, and I got the odds here from DraftKings. Micah Parsons does lead the charge at plus 175 for the defensive player of the year, TJ Watt, at plus 500. Miles Garrett, a ways behind those guys at plus 1,200. Be. Yeah, and Nick Bosa, plus 1,800. If you want some good value, though, if you think Chris Jones can go and, and make a move, Chiefs fans, if you think that missing one game won't affect him at all in this, Plus 3,000 right now. Chris Jones, is, he's got the sixth the best odds in terms of that just ahead of him. in that? There is some, there, I think <laughs> you can get some good value here. Obviously, not financial advice here, but like there might be, might be some juice there. Uh, Aaron yeah. just ahead of him. The same odds, actually, but they have him listed ahead because of alphabetical order. And but, Tucker, I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I watched, I've watched parts of both of the Rams games. Yeah, Aaron Donald still cannot be blocked. He is still He's in good. the backfield. Yeah, every single snap. I'm like this guy. I mean, they double team him. He splits the double team. He, you try to push him out wide. He just rips underneath or yeah. Every play, it's like, oh my god, this guy is always in somebody's backfield. It's incredible. Incredible. He- I need to look up. How old is he? Uh, like 32. Yeah, that's insane. 
Um, it's just he's everywhere, and he's not even that big of a guy. No, like he's, he's not three hundred pounds. Thirty-two, two hundred and four, two hundred eighty-four pounds. Yeah, um, not that big a dude. Just six wins too. Like I mean, yeah, short. Well, technically short well, for the NFL. I'd kill, I'd kill to be six one, truthfully. <laughs> um, <laughs> he isn't a very big guy. You're right, but the the just his physique isn't intimidating. The way he is able to get past defenders is or get get past offensive lines and, and fronts and and everything is just so he he is the standard and he all I yeah he always might be the standard truthfully of what a defensive lineman should be I know Chris Jones wants I, Chris Jones is a very good defensive lineman right but it's hard for me and you can make the argument really if you want to but it's hard for me personally to say that he's better than Aaron Donald just seeing what Aaron Donald has done that last like play in the Super Bowl will always stick in my brain. Uh, when Aaron Donald just basically was like, Yeah, don't worry, I'll win the Super Bowl for us right here. Uh, and he goes around playing the, with the ring on his finger. And to be fair, Chris Jones has done that. Chris Jones has has had plays where he said, Don't worry, you need a sack of Joe Burrow, I'll get it right now. Um, and I believe that happened in the AFC Championship game. He did, he had a couple big plays in the Super Bowl as well. So, to, to Chris Jones' defense, he has done that. Um, but Aaron Donald's longevity in his career, I think, has been incredibly wild. And you talk about him being 32 years old, but to still at 32 to still be in the conversation as a top five guy for a defensive player in the year candidate is bonkers. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, he's just he's really really good. I will say though, like I mentioned before, Chris Jones starting to play some outstanding football. Not that cool. he didn't last year, because last year I think it was amazing. I think it might be better this year. They're moving him around. I know that they they dabbled a little bit at end last year. They put him at end this year. They couldn't block him. Jacksonville literally could not block him. And I'm just thinking this guy is ready. Now, fresh legs is, is fresh legs. You know, not having to grind through training camp. So I get all of that. Mm-hmm. But he also should have been tired. Uh, and it didn't seem like he was that tired. He seemed like he was fine. He played 50% of the snaps. So I was thinking it was a lot more than I thought he was going to play. Exactly. Um, and he'd been training in Miami, so he after the game he's like, yeah, this just feels like Miami, uh, yep. being in Jacksonville. But uh, I do think that what is really and the Chiefs put this video out, and I mentioned it on our twenty one the twenty one questions podcast that I did with Sean Barber uh, earlier. But the Chiefs put out a video where Nick Bolton says nine five, go find somebody and win. So like just find a matchup you like and go win. He go. was. He was picking on Anton Harrison. I yes, felt bad for Anton Harrison. I yeah, like Ant. I, I he saw that rookie rookie right tackle and said, "You know what? It's going to be a bad day at the office for you." He picked on him all day long. All of his wins come in there. I think he had a sack and a half officially in the stat book. And the other half is, I think, it should be a full two. Um, yeah. and I, I'm sure his agents want it to be a full two because he has a sack incentive as well. Uh, so. A sack and a half in a game back, and I think he had like six pressures. So, I mean, dude had himself a day. He found a matchup he liked and was winning there all day. But uh, Big B, I, I got curious, so I was poking around this DraftKings, uh, right. this DraftKings futures, right? And I, I want to know, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, offensive player of the year right now, the top five odds for that. Christian McCaffrey leading the way at plus 550. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, same odds, plus 550. Obviously, mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, I listed off the quarter. Uh, Justin Jefferson plus nine hundred. Vikings gonna have to do something for him to defend that yeah. title. Jamar Chase at plus a big jump here twenty five hundred. Jamar yeah. Chase and Amonro St. Brown same odds, and that is your top five. Anything anybody in there that um you would expect to be in there? Or that is, those all the guys you kind of expect to be uh, at the top there. I mean, those are the guys that you expect. Um, look. I mean, because they don't give this to a quarterback. So right. my thinking is, I mean, if you're if we're just talking about it, a guy that you have to throw in there after two games is I don't know his last name, but his first name is Puka. Puka Nakua. Rece- yeah, wide receiver from the Chargers. I mean, how can you not? I mean, yeah, you know, after the first two games, the guy is ripping it up. Absolutely ripping it up, catching everything that they're throwing to him. Um, you have to, to throw, throw him in there uh, if we're just talking about guys that have the opportunity after two weeks. Now, the, the big names that you talked about, yeah, they're going to be in there. But look, Justin Jefferson, they had that miracle run last year when they won 
all those one-score games and they ended up 13-4, and four. okay, fine. They're not going to come close to anything like that yet. In my opinion, he has no shot. He has no shot. Jamar Chase, look, the way he started the season, I mean, he could come on like wildfire, but if he does, great. And it's not saying that they can't. Um, there's a weird stat. You know, the Bengals, uh, Joe Burrows, his four years that he's been in the league, they're one in seven the first two games of the uh, the season. Very Nuts. weird stat. One and seven. So, you know, if they can turn it around, they turn it around. So, uh, and we'll see. But like I said, I just, I'm not sure about Chase. Uh, Tyreek Hill is doing his thing. Uh, their offense is killing it right now. Just, they seem to have every answer. Um, it's almost like a track meet. They're, and they tried to stop him last game. And for the most part, they did. But then the Dolphins just ran the football. They just said, you know what? We'll run it. If you're going to take away all these deep passes, number one, we'll throw it to somebody else and we'll run it. So um, I, I like what they're doing. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey is, he's got to be head and shoulders, the, the number one guy right now. He is killing the lead. Yeah. Good year to get him on your fantasy team, as I did. Uh, got him on the fantasy team this year. Good year for that. Uh, before we hit another break, Big B, I'm going to give you the MVP odds right now. Mm-hmm. Tua Vailoa is leading yeah. the way, plus 600. Hey, he's played a couple good games. He's played two yes, really yes. good games. Um, Patrick Mahomes at plus 700, number two. Number three, Josh Allen at plus 800. Jalen Hurts just behind at plus 850. Uh, and rounding that out, Lamar Jackson, a big jump here at plus 1,200. I said at the beginning of the year, look out for Lamar. Yeah. He didn't play great the first game. He played pretty good the second game. Wasn't spectacular. But it was pretty good. Good enough. Yeah. Um, I, I would say keep our eye on Lamar creeping up there because I think the Ravens are going to do a little something if they can just keep their roster healthy. My goodness. Uh, but if they can do that, I'm just telling you, just he'll be creeping up there. Tua's played lights out. Uh, Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. I don't. I don't know why people keep they they keep doubting him. <laughs> um, but sooner or later, you're just going to say, "Hey, whoever's out there, he's going to be able to get it done." He's going to be able to get it done. Give him some competent weapons, and he'll figure it out. So I'm very interested in all of that. Two is playing lights out, though. Two is playing very well. Uh, I know he switched helmet. I think he has the same helmet as Mahomes now um, in terms of, like, Brandon style. I don't I, Good for him. Do yeah, something he, different, man. He needed something different, man, because he was getting beat up. Uh, and here's the big thing about the, the Dolphins right now. I mean, watching that Sunday night game, I really enjoy watching the Dolphins play football because of the style of offense, those burst motions that they've been doing. Yep. Um, where do they just basically send Tyreek out and just let him get at full speed and let him whip around? That's awesome. Uh, but their offensive lines been like incredibly. Yes. Um, and that really helps Tua in that regard because last year, not 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 great. Uh, and, and I think they've also been at it without Toronto Toronto Armstead. Am I right? Yep. Uh, like they have. No. Yeah, they haven't had him a game yet. Arguably the best offensive lineman, and their offensive line is playing uh, the best. I want to give a shout-out to Angry Drunken German in the uh, chat here. As uh, when I was talking about the Chris Jones odds at plus 3,000, he says, I've spent $100 on worse things. Um, Which, okay, fair enough. Uh, I think I have too. A $100 bet on that would would get you some coin. Uh, when it when it comes down to it, to uh, to to deep void there, um, I guess that would be what I'll put it in real quick to do the calculator. Thirty one thousand dollars, thirty one hundred dollars. Yikes! I uh, gotta gotta watch out for those commas. But um, all right, I gotta tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Obviously, all those odds came from DraftKings Sportsbook. This wasn't a planned segment; it was just something I thought about doing. Uh, but we're back with another week of that. NFL football at DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups and walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code KCSN. New customers can instantly... Or can new customers can bet just five dollars to get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. With code KCSN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Visit www.1800gambler.net. 
in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus best expires seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, Big B, you know what time it is. Yes. It is time for Blind Nil. Okay. And go ahead, get us started. What do you got for us uh, for your uh, Blind Nil? You know, I I was lazy this week. I, I couldn't figure it out. Um, I'm sure this one has been done before, uh, but I'm going to say it and do it anyway. I'm new to the show. Is the best Kansas City barbecue spot or the best barbecue mm-hmm. spot in Kansas City. Um, yeah, I used to live there for 12 years. I know Jack Stack and, and Oklahoma Joe's and Arthur Bryan's and, but, and Gates and, and all these places and stuff like that. So for me, and it's more, I just want to see what people say in the chat more mm-hmm. than anything, more than, than what I say or think in, in that nature. I want to see how many different places people think. But for me, it was Arthur Bryant's. The first time that I had it, it was at the old airport. And it, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. And then I actually went to Arthur Bryant's, and I'm like, I got to come here all the time. Uh, like, it was incredible. Then you go to the, all the other places and stuff. But to me, I just believe Arthur Bryant's is mm. the best. Is the best. Love it. So as mm. you were... As as you were talking, I think that there is um, I, I, there's no wrong answer, and I, right. I will no, say that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's absolutely no wrong answer uh, to this question because I think a bunch of different barbecue places in Kansas City do a bunch of different things. Very sure. Um, Gates, I think, has the best sauce. I think mm-hmm. Gates's sauce with the the sweetness with a little bit of kick in it. One of my favorite barbecue sauces in the city. I also really love meats from Joe's. Uh, can yeah. uh, they call it the Joe's Kansas City now? Uh, what was Oklahoma Joe's went to Joe's Kansas City because they said, "Hey, wait, we're not in Oklahoma <laughs> City." Uh, shows how much I know. I don't live there yeah. anymore. See, I mean, listen, <laughs> learn something new every day. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of Joe's. Joe's is my favorite place to go to. But a, a, a new place, and I've been trying to. I've, try, I've been trying to hit these smaller spots. Is what I've been mm-hmm. trying to do. Um. Obviously, Arthur Bryant's Gates, Jack Stack has really good sides. They got good meats, too. Jack Stack's a very strong one. Uh, Q39 is one that's uh, really grows mm-hmm. into prominence of as of late. A little more, uh, I, I say it upscale in air quotes, barbecue spot. Um, I really do like a Q39. It's a very, it's a very sneaky one. Uh, one that I go to a lot with uh, Kent Swanson, Jordan Foote, some other of the fellas at KC Sports Center we've been going to uh a whole lot. It's actually down in the beach. I don't know how familiar you are with the uh, with the area, uh, Brian. Uh, but the beast, the haunted house that's in downtown Kansas City. Yeah, uh, it's in the East Bottoms. It's actually inside of the beast. Uh, this really? barbecue spot. Yeah. So it's like not, I mean, it's, it shares the same building. So it's not like in the middle of the haunted house and you stop and you go eat barbecue. That'd be a good <laughs> Kansas City themed. That'd be a great Kansas City themed haunted house. So anyone can have that for free. Um, it's just like a bunch of farm animals, ghosts, pretty much running around. Uh, that'd be a good one. But it's Chef Jay, uh, Chef Jay Barbecue, and what I absolutely love about Chef Jay is they're open from like 11 a.m. to four, um, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like that's that's when they're open. A lot of times they don't make it to four because they run out of food before. Uh, so it's one of those places where like they've we've got this much food, you come get it. Uh, type of deal. Uh, Harp Barbecue is also a really good one. Um, I think it's in KCK. Harp is. Um, the Smoke Barbecue, which has been out at the Kaufman. Uh, Kaufman started to do a little bit of uh, kind of these smaller places to do booths there. Smoke Barbecue is uh, very good. They had a jalapeno sausage that was incredible. Um, very good. I think it was actually ghost pepper. Now that I think about it, ghost pepper sausage that wasn't as spicy as you think it would be. Um, 
and, and very tasty. But there's a lot. I mean, there's just some meat. Mitch is a place down now. It started as like a competition place and and a food truck that is now a brick and mortar store that is that's really good. They have a white barbecue sauce too. Uh, they don't put you have to special request it because it's more like a Carolina thing, right? But gotcha. they've got they've got all kinds of barbecue sauces. Uh, Big B, you asked the right person this question because I could <laughs> legitimately we could do a whole podcast on Kansas City barbecue and just like I love the history of it. I love just like every like how it's so entrenched in the city and how it's intertwined with the history of the city too. But yeah, there's so many good spots that I've just been trying to find the smaller ones to hit up and and get. And the hardest part about barbecue, if if anybody in the chat and if anybody listens to the podcast, if they smoke themselves, they know consistency is so hard. And that's why I have respect for Joe's especially um, is one of the places where I know smoking meat is very hard to be consistent at. Joe's does a really good job of being consistent every single time you go. Um, it's it's very good. Harp, uh, Nick Springer in, uh, in the chat. Shout out uh, producer Nick in the chat. Harp is probably his favorite. Yeah, Harp is good. Um, like there's a lot of there's a lot of places uh, you, you legitimately cannot go wrong in Kansas City when it comes to barbecue. It's one of the things I just love to do, just eat, obviously, but eating barbecue, eating good barbecue with, with uh, good people is, can't beat it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. I'm coming up there on the 14th, that weekend of October, me and the missus are headed to Kansas <laughs> City. So, and, and look, I've lived in, in, in Dallas for 12 years now, and I told everybody then, and I'll tell everybody now. The barbecue in Kansas City is way better than it is here in Texas. I don't care what anybody says. And I don't even eat barbecue here because I'm just like, I'm not, no point to waste my time. I'm just not going to do it. And (laughs) we're going back and I I bet you we eat barbecue three times. Mm. Easily three times at three different places. Just love it. Absolutely love it. You got to. Uh, I I think I heard that like Texas is now starting to do burn-ins a little bit more. Uh, They are. They are. They're trying. Start to dabble. Yeah, Start they're, they're dabble. dabbling. They're and that's what I would call it, dabbling. They're trying to do it. But I remember when I first moved here, they didn't even know what it meant. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. "Ooh, yeah, that that's not good. I can't eat here." <laughs> Texas does. I've had some good brisket from Texas uh, down in there. There's some good spots there, but you really, I mean, you're right. You just can't beat Kansas City barbecue. And people try to say that any place is better. And they just probably just had they probably haven't had a Kansas City barbecue, truthfully. Exactly. Um, is what it is. But um I gotta give a shout out to Jared Middleton right here in the in the comment section, just topping into the chat to say M I Z. Ah. Z-O-U, back to you, Jared. I thought we were done with this. Hey, I well, uh, Jared had to say something to say. I had to let Jared talk. I had to let him bring I had to bring uh-huh. for all you people that didn't want us to talk college football, I applaud you. I tried. <laughs> And Tucker, this is what he does to me. This is what he does to me. Unbelievable. That's yeah, that's true. Listen, <laughs> if we sit down, Big B, for long enough, it'll eventually lead to college football because that personally is what I like the best. Well, uh, and also if uh, K State would have won, I mean, the first ten minutes of the show would have just been oh, me, <laughs> you know, talking bad about it. You know, Nick Lecky would have found himself a way to get on this podcast. If oh yeah, oh yeah, he'd have chimed in for wherever. <laughs> he would have been in a hotel room in the middle of Tulsa, Oklahoma, probably. I don't even know where he's at. Uh, but he'd probably chime in from from middle of middle of nowhere to, to let me know, let me have it. So. Uh, he's, he's dodging it here, but, uh, Big V wrapping up with this question. I want to know, we've seen some, we've seen a lot of two and O teams. We've seen a lot of one and one, a ton of one and one teams, but there's some and two teams as well. You mentioned Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I want to know what your biggest surprise of the season. Give me positive. Give me negative. What's your biggest surprise of the season has been so far? Uh, I think it's twofold, uh, two different teams. Number one is the commanders. Uh, they're two and O, uh, Eric B Doing some work out there. Uh, I thought they were going to be awful. Now, granted, they haven't played the stiffest competition either. Uh, but I thought their quarterback was awful. And he's not playing bad. He's playing pretty well, actually. Yep. Um, so that is, number one, Tampa being 2-0. and Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield is playing some good football. I know you alluded to that earlier, Tucker. He is playing good football, regardless of what you know a lot of people think about him. Um, right now he's playing good football, not turning it over, um, 
just being super accurate with the football, which he was always pretty accurate as long as he had time. Well, it seems like he's got time. Uh, so those are the things, two of the things that that are surprising me. You know, and, and how I mentioned that the Bengals, how they start off the season bad. So I'm not necessarily surprised. And they played some decent teams. Damn. And Cleveland and the Ravens are good. So I'm not saying that I'm I'm surprised that they're 0-2. Um, I, I guess that would be it. Uh, I thought the – oh, one, the Broncos. Broncos 0-2. I thought the Broncos had an opportunity to start 2-0. And they have fallen completely on their face. Just on their face. And number one, it couldn't happen to a, a better franchise. It's, for some reason, I just can't stand the Broncos. Uh, but how bad that they have been, they've looked offensively. Russell Wilson, unbelievable. I mean, now the head coach is basically saying he's not smart enough to get the play in and get it into the huddle, call the play, and get to the guys up there with enough time. I'm like, oh, boy. I mean, you don't hear a head coach saying that often. And basically said, hey, if we got a, a wristband, it, we will. I'm like, wow. So, just brutal. Brutal. High school football all over again. Yeah. Golly, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, yeah. if coach comes out and says something like that, man, I mean, I mean, he's basically saying, you are not intelligent enough for me to call the play to you and you get it to the guys in the huddle and get up there with enough time, which means he's having to repeat the play over and over again. I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, man. And for him to say it, that's just br that's brutal. That is brutal. But maybe that's what Russell Wilson needs. Yeah, he needs that to be humble, you know, and he act like he's God's gift to to quarterback play last year, and he was never that. I just I don't know. Maybe this is what he needs to get it turned around. Yeah, I, I listen. I'm right there with you though, Big B, about the Broncos. I'm stoked that how they how they've ended their season. Also watched the end of the game where they threw a hail mary, completed the hail mary. And then didn't get the two point conversion was such a Broncos way to end that game of like, wow, we might we might we were gonna have a chance to send this to overtime and then just well, there might have been a penalty there. He might have got there a little early. Chargers are also a disappointment. They always are. They uh, always so, are. So it's like this point, like you just kind of gotta expect it uh, for them to be a disappointment. I saw Brandon Staley get upset at somebody asking him about it, like, is this still like a lagging hangover effect of like losing to the Jaguars? By forfeiting the twenty-seven point lead, and he got a little snippy with them. Hey, man, get snippy with your team. Don't get snippy yeah. with the reporter. I mean, <laughs> wrong audience there. Uh, yeah, to <laughs> yeah. Don't don't be mad at, at the reporter. They're asking legit questions, and it's legitimate. Get snippy with your squad. So I've seen a lot of people in Kansas City, especially the way the can, the commander started and the way the Chiefs' offenses looked, said like, "Hey, they really miss Eric Bieniemy. Think they wish Eric Bieniemy was back on the sidelines." It could be true to some extent. Uh, but um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. It's been a, been a little bit of a slow start for the Chiefs offense, but what has been surprising to me so far this year is kind of the rejuvenization of running the football. Um, it seems like a lot of teams are now looking at uh, running the football as a real viable aspect of their offense more than they have in years past. And obviously we know that time is a flat circle when it comes to like the NFL. Things come and then they go and then they come right back and I'm sure we'll have the Wildcat come back here in a couple of years where people will be like, oh, let's run that again. People forgot how to defend this. Um, but I, I think that running the football is kind of uh, having a renaissance right now. Um, not necessarily the running backs themselves, but being able to effectively run the football. I feel like I, this is all anecdotal. Right? I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't have like the, the quantified data, but I feel like I've seen a lot more big run plays and uh, – a heavy reliance on the run than I have in years past. I don't know what you get, what the vibe you're getting that from Big B, but uh, teams really pounding the rock and running the football seems more relevant this year than it has in years past. Well, look at a team like Atlanta. Atlanta yeah. has they drafted a running back at number eight, and they already had a good running back on their team that went for over a thousand yards last year, or eleven hundred yards last year, and their offensive line is good. And they just said we're doubling down on it. We got a, a second-year quarterback. We think that running the football and being physical is our best way to victory. And a lot of teams are starting to look at that because you even look at Philadelphia. Philadelphia ran the football. I know they got a lot of, of splash with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith 
I said, but when it came down to brass tacks, they were a running football team because their offensive line was really good. I go, so that, I mean, that is there. San Francisco wants to run the football first. They run the football. So I know it's a lot of flash and teams throw the ball down the field. I go, but even look at the Chiefs. Chiefs won the the, the Super Bowl last year. Almost for 185 yards in the Super Bowl. They won because they could run it. They were they they ran the football. You know, I'm not saying they ran for 300 yards, but they ran the football. So I think it's a real thing that people are starting to say, we got to be more physical at the line of scrimmage. Give your offensive line more of a chance because the edge rushers and the defensive line just keep getting bigger and faster and more athletic. And they're already out athletic on every snap anyway. Well, give them more of a chance by running the football and let them grind on people a little bit and maybe think before they just go right into a pass set. That, I mean, I know that's an old thing, but it's always just what you said. It's a flat circle. Things always come around, man. Running the football it has been a big part of what teams are doing these days. Successful teams, I might add. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's going to continue to be that way because you can't just line up. Even the Chiefs, you can't just line up every down and just throw it. And I think that's yep. even when the Chiefs get into trouble is that every single down they throw the football. So... You can't do that, man. You got to be able to run it. I think teams are realizing that that running the football helps. I think it's you know it's going to slide a little bit more to fifty fifty than what it's been in previous years. I think so too. All right, Big Bean, appreciate you hanging out with me, hanging out with the people here as we do every single Wednesday at a nine p.m. Usually Nick Lecky will be with us, but uh, had to make some had to make some changes. We put a man down. I thought we did pretty well. Yeah, did pretty well adjusting uh, to the changes. Good players adjust, good teams adjust, and we did get here at Outside the Trenches, presented by our friends at Five Farms. Irish cream liqueur. That's going to do it for this week's edition. We'll be back next week breaking down week four. Uh, Crazy already. Absolutely crazy that we're going to be talking about week four next week. So until then, that's Brian Hanley. I'm Tucker Franklin. We'll talk to you later.